0: good afternoon and welcome to dials incorporated fourth quarter and fiscal 2020 financial results conference call at this time all participants are in a listen-only mode at the conclusion of today's conference call instructions will be given for the question and answer session if anyone needs assistance at any time during the conference call please press the star key followed by the zero on your touch tone phone as a reminder this conference call is being recorded today tuesday february 16 2021 I would now like to turn the call over to Leanne Sievers of Shelton Group Investor Relations. Leanne, please go ahead.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Diodes' fourth quarter in fiscal 2020 financial results conference call. I'm Leanne Sievers, president of Shelton Group, Diodes' investor relations firm. Joining us today are Diodes chairman, president, and CEO, Dr. Shu Lu, Chief Financial Officer, Brett Whitmire, Senior Vice President of Worldwide Sales and Marketing, Emily Yang, and Director of Investor Relations, Laura Merrill. Before I turn the call over to Dr. Liu, I'd like to remind our listeners that the results announced today are preliminary as they are subject to the company finalizing its closing procedures and customary quarterly review by the company's independent registered public accounting firm. As such, these results are unaudited and subject to revision until the company files its Form 10-K for its 2020 fiscal year ending December 31, 2020. In addition, management prepared remarks contain forward-looking statements which are subject to risks and uncertainties, and management may make additional forward-looking statements in response to your question. Therefore, the company claims the protection of the safe harbor for forward-looking statements that is contained in the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Actual results may differ from those discussed today, and therefore we refer you to a more detailed discussion of the risks and uncertainties in the company's filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission, including Forms 10-K and 10-Q. In addition, any projections as to the company's future performance represent management's estimates as of today, February 16, 2021. Dial assumes no obligation to update these projections in the future as market conditions may or may not change, except to the extent required by applicable law. Additionally, the company's press release and management statements during this conference call will include discussions of certain measures and financial information in GAAP and non-GAAP terms. Included in the company's press release are definitions and reconciliations of GAAP to non-GAAP items which provide additional details. Also, throughout the company's press release and management statements during this conference call, we refer to net income attributable to common stockholders as gap net income. For those of you unable to listen to the entire call at this time, a recording will be available via webcast for 90 days in the Investor Relations section of Diodes' website at www.diods.com. And now I'll turn the call over to Dios Chairman, President, and CEO, Dr. Casey Liu. Dr. Liu, please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Diane. Welcome everyone and thank you for joining us today. We ended the year achieving the highest quarterly revenue in company's history, even when excluding the revenue contribution from our acquisition of DiOn Semiconductor that crossed on November 30th. Total organic revenue grew 7.8% sequentially, and 10.7% year-over-year, demonstrating the continued success of our product, content, and customer expansion initiatives. Revenue from our Pelcom products and the automotive market also reached record levels, with automotive revenue growing 24% sequentially, and 40% year-over-year, both of which contributed to our solid market share gains in the quarter. All of those accomplishments are notable achievements, especially considering the ongoing global pandemics. Following the successful completion of LC acquisition, The integration process has been advancing smoothly. On December 1st, we initially announced the new organization structure for the commanding companies and named Gary Yu, senior vice president, who is in charge of all the business group and also has been tested with integration activities we has been actively working to qualify dial product in the LSE factory and expect to begin making production start in the middle of this year with the expectation of action 2021 with significant momentum in this area in regard to the product, customer, and end market synergy, those are multi year efforts that span the product development process by working closely with our customer and serving them with our commanded product portfolio. As mentioned in our earnings release today, the LAC business. Was immediately accretive to our result, adding two cents per share on a non-GAAP basis in the fourth quarter. As I just mentioned, we believe LEC also offers future opportunities for synergistic growth and expansion across our end market product offering customer and the manufacturing footprint. In addition to raw synergies, the repurchasing of 14.7% of dial share that was previously hauled by AOC would drive additional earning powers when combined with DIO solid operating damage. As we look to the first quarter, we expect to further extend this strong momentum and once again set a new revenue and growth profit record. With sequential growth projected both organically and on a consolidated basis in what has previously been a seasonality down quarter for our business. This anticipated growth is being driven by record POS revenue in the fourth quarter. We look forward to reporting our ongoing progress and the remaining focus on integrating the LLC business while capitalizing on the long-term opportunities for continued growth and ending expansion. With that, let me now turn the call over to Brett to discuss our first quarter financial result and our first quarter 2021 guidance in more detail.
3: Thanks, Dr. Liu, and good afternoon, everyone. As part of my financial review today, I will focus my comments on the sequential change for each of the line items and would refer you to our press release for more detailed review of our results, as well as the year-over-year comparisons. Revenue for the fourth quarter, 2020, was a record $350.4 million, which included $16.9 million of one month of revenue from LSC, an increase of 13.2% on a consolidated basis and 7.8% on an organic basis from the $309.5 million in the third quarter of 2020. Gross profit for the fourth quarter was also a record at $127 million and included $2.5 million from LSC or 35.0% of revenue on a consolidated basis and 36.0% of revenue for diodes only this compares to hundred and eleven point one million dollars or thirty five point nine percent of revenue in the third quarter two thousand twenty gap operating expenses for the fourth quarter two thousand twenty were eighty two point nine million dollars or twenty three point seven percent of revenue and on a non-gap basis were seventy five million dollars or twenty one point four percent of revenue which excludes four million dollars of amortization of acquisition-related intangible asset expenses 2.5 million restructuring costs and 1.5 million dollars of other acquisition-related costs this compares to non-GAAP operating expenses in the prior quarter of seventy three point two million dollars or twenty three point seven percent of revenue total other expense amounted to approximately three point seven million dollars for the quarter including four million dollars in interest expense three point seven million dollars in foreign currency loss, partially offset by three point five million dollars of other income and four hundred and eighty seven thousand of interest income income before taxes and non-controlling interest in the fourth quarter two thousand twenty was thirty six point one million dollars compared to thirty three point three million dollars in the previous quarter. Turning to income taxes, our effective income tax rate for the fourth quarter was approximately 6.7 percent. Gap net income for the fourth quarter 2020 was $29.7 million or 59 cents per diluted share, which included 3 cents per share from LSE and compared to gap net income of $27.2 million were 51 cents per diluted share in the third quarter 2020. The share count used to compute GAAP diluted EPS for the fourth quarter 2020 was 50.4 million shares, which reflects a reduction in the weighted average share count due to the repurchase of approximately 7.8 million diode shares from LSE for the one month since closing as mentioned in our press release today we expect the share count for the first quarter to be approximately forty five point seven million shares non-GAAP adjusted net income for the fourth quarter was thirty seven point three million dollars or seventy four cents per diluted share which excluded net of tax four million dollars of acquisition related financing and other acquisition related costs $3.3 million of non-cash acquisition-related intangibles expense, $2 million of restructuring costs, and a $1.7 million gain in value on certain LSC investments. LSC contributed $0.02 per share to fourth quarter non-GAAP earnings. Non-GAAP adjusted net income in the third quarter, 2020, was $32.8 million, or $0.62 per diluted share. Included in the fourth quarter 2020 gap net income and non-GAAP adjusted net income was approximately $5.1 million net of tax of non-cash share-based compensation expense. Excluding share-based compensation expense, both GAAP earnings per share and non-GAAP adjusted EPS would have increased by $0.10 cents per diluted share for fourth quarter 2020 and 9 cents for the third quarter 2020. EBITDA for the fourth quarter was $67.1 million or 19.1% of revenue compared to $63.3 million or 20.5% of revenue in the prior quarter. We have included in our earnings release a reconciliation of gap net income to non-GAAP adjusted net income and gap net income to EBITDA which provides additional details. Cash flow generated from operations was $60.8 million for the fourth quarter 2020. Free cash flow was $33.5 million for the fourth quarter, which includes $27.3 million for capital expenditures. Net cash flow in the fourth quarter was a negative $319.3 million, which included the purchase Of light on semiconductor during the quarter for approximately 453.4 million dollars turning to the balance sheet at the end of fourth quarter cash cash equivalents restricted cash plus short-term investments totaled approximately 327 million dollars working capital was 514 million dollars and total debt including long-term and short-term was 451 million dollars In terms of inventory, at the end of fourth quarter, total inventory days decreased to approximately 114 in the quarter on a consolidated basis and 110 days for diodes only, as compared to 120 last quarter. Finished goods inventory days also decreased to 31 from 32 in third quarter 2020. Total inventory dollars Increase $45.1 million to approximately $305.4 million, which reflects the addition of LSE. Total inventory in the quarter consisted of a $17.1 million increase in work and process, a $15.7 million increase in finished goods, and a $12.3 million increase in raw materials. Capital expenditures on a cash basis, for the fourth quarter 2020 were 27.3 million dollars or 7.8% of revenue which remains within our target model of 5 to 9%. Now turning to our outlook. Building on our growth momentum in the fourth quarter and record POS results, we expect revenue in the first quarter of 2021 to increase to approximately 400 million dollars plus or minus 3%, which represents a record on both an organic and consolidated basis for a combined increase of 14% sequentially at the midpoint. This guidance represents organic growth significantly better than the typical seasonality of sequentially down 5% on average in the same prior two-year periods. We expect Gap. Gross margin on a consolidated basis to be 33.6%, plus or minus 1%, which includes an approximately 3% impact due to a full quarter of LSE. Non GAAP operating expenses, which are GAAP operating expenses adjusted for amortization of acquisition related intangible assets, are expected to be approximately 22% of revenue, plus or minus 1% we expect net interest expense to be approximately $3.3 million. Our income tax rate is expected to be 18% plus or minus 3%, and shares used to calculate diluted EPS for the first quarter are anticipated to be approximately 45.7 million shares. Please note that purchasing accounting adjustments of $3.3 million after tax for payer and previous acquisitions is not included in these non-GAAP estimates. With that said, I now turn the call over to Emily Yang.
4: Thank you, Brett, and good afternoon. In the fourth quarter, revenue increased 13.2% quarter over quarter on a consolidated basis and 7.8% organically, which is at the high end of our guidance, primarily due to better-than-expected demand in Asia, followed by North America and Europe. Looking more closely at the fourth quarter revenue, POS revenue reached record level, which driving our expectations for the continued growth in the first quarter. Distributor inventory in terms of weeks decreased quarter over quarter, which is slightly below our defined normal range of 11 to 14 weeks. We expect distributor inventories to return to our normal range in the near term. Looking at the global sales in the fourth quarter, Asia represented 81% of revenue Europe 11%, and North America 8%. In terms of our end markets, computing represents 23%, industrial 23%, consumer 22% of revenue, communication 20%, and automotive 12% of revenue. We achieved record revenue in automotive and computing end markets. With computing being driven by record quarterly revenue for our Paracom products, Now let me review the end market in greater details. Starting with automotive, DIO continues its strong growth momentum, achieving record quarterly revenue and reaching 12% of the total revenue. This represents a growth of almost 24% sequentially and 40% year over year. There are three application areas where DIO continue to gain significant traction, including connected driving, which consists of ADAS, telematic, and infotainment system, comfort, style, and safety, including lighting and brushless DC motors, as well as powertrain, covers conventional hybrid electric vehicles. In connected driving, we saw demand for our new product in infotainment, lighting control system, speedometer, horn, alarm systems. More specifically, diodes automotive grade switching, TVS, Zener diodes, and crystal oscillators contributed to the growth in this application. In comfort, style, and safety, we have strong success with our MOSFET brushless DC motor controllers, linear drivers, and bipolar transistors in applications such as daylight raining lights, styling, instrument lighting, as well as gate driver ICs in interior wireless charging. Our LED drivers and our power transistors. Are also gaining market share in this space for tail lights, interior illumination, and exterior lighting applications. Our unipolar Hall Effect switch family is also gaining strong market traction for seat belts, seat position, sunroof, as well as trunk and window openers applications. In vehicle powertrain, diode supplies into conventional internal combustion engine powertrain as well as for hybrid electric vehicles. Our SBR rectifier has been designed into many of these applications. We have also secured multiple design wins and opportunities for switching and zener diodes, rectifier, and discrete MOSFETs in battery manning systems for electric vehicles, as well as emergent applications like mini electric vehicles, micro-mile hybrid, and e-scooter systems. In the industrial market, revenue increased 18% sequentially as we continue to extend our momentum in applications including solar power inverters, power distribution systems, and smart metering systems, all of which were the main contributors in driving growth for our products. We also continue to see strong demand for our high-voltage rectifier products in smart infrastructure solutions as well as adoption of our PCI Express packet switch in the industrial applications to connect multiple PCIe endpoints with the CPU. Also during the quarter, we began to see increasing new design ins for LED drivers in UVC lighting applications, as well as numerous design ins and design wins for our YV LDO product family. We also saw rapid growth for our newly released DC-DC converters in LED lighting, meter, power tools, and charging applications. Additionally, our series of voltage regulators and SBR devices continue to gain traction in DC fan applications, with the MOSFET demand increasing for both discrete-based inverters and module-based inverters. In the consumer market, Shipments for the adapter power IC continue to grow throughout the year. We also saw high demand in the gaming and high-resolution display markets, as end-users increasingly require high-quality video provided through HDMI and DisplayPort. As a result of this trend, our HDMI and DisplayPort re-drivers are gaining traction with key chipset vendor reference designs. We're also seeing an increased number of design ins for our LED drivers, as well as demand for larger monitor continues to grow. Also in the consumer, we continue to see strong interest for our discrete products, including bipolar transistors, ultra-small size transistors, and shock key barrier diodes in applications like amplifiers, Bluetooth headphones, and drums. Turning to communication market, this communication applications continue to expand, driving revenue generations for Zener TVS dials in Bluetooth earbuds, smart speakers, and smart lighting, as well as point-to-point and point-to-multi-point links. Our high-search TVS for smartphone power line protection has gained strong growth momentum in new fast charging applications, along with video cameras, access control panels, and audio broadcasting systems. We are also seeing more design inks and design wings in mobile phones, cable modems, optical network terminals, 5G CPE routers, radio remote units, and base stations applications for our MOSFET, low saturated high voltage transistors, low voltage Hall sensors, and rf LDO products. Bipolar junction transistors, SBR and Shocky product are also gaining traction in applications like 5G outdoor access points. CPE, access point routers, power over Ethernet switches, cable modem, Wi-Fi routers, IoT gateways, and mobile battery applications. Lastly, in computing, we reach record quarterly revenue, driven by record quarterly revenue for our Paracom products. Due to COVID-19, shelter in place continue to drive demand for new and upgraded laptops, tablets, and other related products. We're also seeing strong demand for power management, LDO, Hall sensor, DC to DC converters, low switches, and audio amplifier product in the notebook and monitor applications. ESC protection for USB Type-C in the notebook and portable devices also continue to be a strong area for our TVS, SDR, shocky products. Also during the quarter, growth momentum continues in surfer applications along with good momentum in our timing product assembly to support PCI Express Gen 4 and Gen 5 requirements. This provides flexibility to our customers with seamless migration from PCI Express Gen 4 to PCI Express Gen 4 in the future without changing the timing path design. In summary, we ended 2020 achieving the highest quarterly revenue in the company's history and are guided for another quarter of growth in the first quarter, both organically and on a consolidated basis, to set a stage for a strong year in 2021. This growth reflects the success we've been achieving with our total solution sales approach and demand creation effort to increase the content and share across new and existing customers and applications. We look forward to the capitalizing on the synergies and opportunities that Lion Semiconductors offers to DIOS across our end markets, product offerings, customers and manufacturing footprint. With that, we now open the floor to questions. Operator.
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question, please press star then 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. And our first question comes from the line of Gary Mobley with Wells Fargo. Hey,
5: everyone. Hope you're staying warm in frigid, Dallas. I wanted to start out by asking some questions about uh, LIDOT now that you've had a couple of months with the company under your belt. I, I know in your prepared remarks you talked about qualifying some of your Existing diodes products on some of our light-on manufacturing facilities, but could you speak about the timeline for some of the sales synergies to be wrung out of the acquisition?
2: Hi, Gary. Yeah, well, we are aggressively to qualify the product in the uh, we call JK fab. Okay, and uh, the, currently we are. Almost done, and probably one more quarter we should be completed to finish the qualifications. Okay, but you know it takes time to do the PCN to notify the customer to get customer accept the size change, and so we are looking at probably. Uh, ramp up the JKF currently is about 50% loaded. We are looking at somewhere around 70% in end of third quarter, and probably 80% by end of the year, because it takes time for customer to accept our uh, change notice and uh, for the, for, you know, and it take, take uh, some of them take uh, even much longer. So we are looking at that kind of schedule.
4: Right, so I, I Gary, this is Emily. So just to yes, add sure a little bit of color related to the sales synergy, I think this is really depends on the market segment and also the customer qualification, qualification schedule. Um, I think for that area of synergy, it's probably going to take somewhere between, I would say, six months. The best scenario to maybe a couple of years, right? So again, it's really down to the market segment and also the customer specifics.
5: Okay. I wanted to, I had a follow up question as well related to Light On. In an in industry, you know, with an industry backdrop where a lot of your competitors are capacity constrained, in, in what ways can diodes benefit from having this underutilized manufacturing capacity at Light On, assuming? You know all the qualifications go according to plan. In other words, you know h- how easy, given those circumstances, will it be for you guys to take some market share from from your competitors who are who are again capacity constrained?
4: Okay, um, Gary, let me address that question. I think overall, right, the current global shortfall for semiconductor supply um, actually helped DiOS, right? If we just look at the four Q, um, uh, you know, we we did have a record revenue with 7.8% sequentially and 10.7% year-over-year growth, which is really a strong evidence of our continued success in the product content and customer expansion uh, initiatives. Right. So if we just look at the first quarter guidance, we actually guided 14% quarter-over-quarter growth at the midpoint. And compared to our seasonality slowdown, in average we talked about, you know, for the last two quarters about 5% drop. This is again a significant sign of the continued success, right? Um, So we we do see, you know, some of the constraints. So other than the MOSFET, uh, you know, we we actually see some of the tightness. But what we've been doing is actually aggressively working with the customers and understand their true demand, and we're able to resolve some of the bottlenecks, right? I think for the MOS we've been very aggressively working with our foundry partners to really kind of resolve the out-of-balance problem. And at this moment, we are working also, you know, if you remember the SFAB 2-inch uh, 8 expansion, as well as the GFAB that we acquired uh, more than a year ago to expand our capacity in uh, both of this fab in both of these areas, right? So I think in the longer term, we do have enough wafer fab capacity. Uh, you know, that's actually, again, the GFAB, right? Majority is 8-inch, also some of the 6-inch FAB capacity. Um, and also with the light-on semiconductor acquisition that we recently closed in November, and that will also give us additional 6-inch capacity at the JK fab that Dr. Lu mentioned. So, you know, um, I think with all this, right, so I think we are well-positioned for our future growth. And, uh, you know, this is really focusing on the uh, uh, additional business uh, you know, with our internal capacity to support it.
2: Appreciate it, thank you. In addition to what Emily's talking about, uh, we actually ramped it up on our Shanghai FAB, you know, S-FAB, uh, inch, the ramp up the age inch capacity in Shanghai FAB too.
0: Thanks, Dr. Lord. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of Matt Ramsey with Cowan.
6: Hi, this is Josh Buckhalter on behalf of Matt. Thanks for uh, taking the question, and congrats on on the great results. Um, I guess asking the previous question a little differently, are you able to help us understand a little bit how much of the, you know, the significant above-seasonal first-quarter guidance is indeed being driven by you guys being in a pretty unique situation of having some slack in your own internal capacity and able to fill orders that some of your peers aren't?
3: Well, I think that that's exactly right. Some of that seasonality strength that we have is a couple of things. One, it's the fact that we have capacity that we're continuing to be able to take advantage of through the all the various um avenues, meaning LSC, GFAB expansion, as well as SFAB. And on top of that, it's the continued strength we're seeing across a broad market and actions we've been taking across time to make sure and be uh, prepared for that. So I think it's a blend of those things that allow us to enjoy the above seasonal growth into first quarter.
5: Got it. Thank you. And then I guess
6: given the above seasonal fourth quarter and first quarter, and and I realize you're not guiding the full year, but um, anything you can provide us on visibility into the second quarter and the rest of the year, or or how we should think about um, the seasonality of the rest of the year. Thanks and congrats
7: again.
4: Um, so uh, this is Emily. Let me maybe start making a few comments. So we we don't usually provide guidance beyond the first quarter. Um, I think you know Dr. Liu mentioned before. Overall, the market is still extremely dynamic, right? So um, you know we 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 just need to monitor the situation closely. I think overall, uh, you know this is not specific to dios. I think everybody expects 2021 to be an up market. I think we're definitely not in the position to call the percentage or provide guidance at this moment, but we'll keep you posted as we um, progress throughout the years.
7: Got it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of William Stein with Truist Securities.
6: Uh, Great. Thank you for taking my question. I want to add my congratulations, especially on the very strong uh, Q1 guidance. Um, There's one aspect of it, though, that's a little surprising. The OPEX that you're guiding to uh, looks like it's more than what the um, standalone companies uh, would have delivered combined together, sort of almost a a dis-synergy. I I think, Dr. Liu, you've talked about this as related to incremental R&D required, uh, and perhaps that's to qualify uh, the diode products on the light-on production line um can can you maybe uh quantify that a little bit what that investment is, and perhaps as a follow up you can talk about what if any incremental costs are required to uh develop the light on portfolio to a level where it's um something that you can effectively cross sell to the heritage diode customers Thank you
2: well uh the, the we the r and d expense in l a c is lower than... The level of diodes. So, I intend to do is uh, increase the R&D to about the same level as diodes uh, currently has. So, that that is what we intend to. I intend to do. Secondly, is we need to start to focus of inter, introduce the differentiate type of uh, product currently their product most that most of them is a commodity type of product and uh, my intention is driving the the focus drive the product definition and uh, to introduce differentiate type of product using their special technology and uh What's, this, what's another question?
6: Is that? Uh, yeah, I was asking about the effort to cross-sell the light-on product into your traditional customer base. I think you would referred to an incremental R&D investment to make that happen. Perhaps you can um, perhaps you can discuss that a bit. Is it a matter of uh, just proving out the quality of these products to your heritage customers, or is it in developing new products altogether?
2: Well, yes, just that. But it's not just that. But, uh, not just that. Uh, number one is, you know, I think we are talking about uh, three synergies. We're talking about one is a market synergy because they are very weak in the industrial and automotive market segment. So we intend to do be introduce their product into those two market segments. Uh, market segment number two is uh, customer synergies they typically cannot uh, design in to the uh, multi-nation customers and that's another focus we're going to do to improve uh, the focus improve the design in in those major customers number three is the product portfolio you know we are focused on solution sales instead of component sales, and that solution sales is you know adding the product portfolio through different acquisition inside dials in the past, and AOC uh, is the last uh, acquisition we had, and we're going to inc- we're going to their product line into our totals product portfolios and to introduce them into solution, uh, customer solution uh, requirements. So those is what we intend to do other than qualify their product good enough for the major customer. That's just one of the actions, but the key one would be the three uh, uh, synergies we're going to go after.
6: Thank you.
0: Thank you. And as a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, you'll need to press star 1 on your telephone. Our next question comes from the line of David Williams with Loop Capital. Pardon me, David. Please check your mute button.
8: Ah, uh My apologies there, uh, I had inadvertently pressed mute, but uh, congrats on the the quarter and uh, thanks for letting me hop on and ask a question, certainly appreciate it. I wanted to ask a little bit about maybe some of the share gains that you're seeing today and how sticky you think those may be just in terms of picking up new customers from maybe where your competitors maybe have been unable to supply. Do you think that's fairly sticky in terms of those wins, or do you see a reversal or maybe some of those returning to the competitor as you get capacity constraints begin to fall off?
4: Right, um, so David, I think this is Emily. Let me address that question, right? So anytime there is a market change, always create opportunity for dials, right? So one of the key focus for us is really focus on the content expansion and customer expansion that we talk about. Um So I believe that you know new opportunity, new doors open to us, and that will be a long term uh, opportunity to, to DIOS is not going to be a short term. Um, So I think, you know, again, the total solution cells that we've been focusing on and continue to um, expand our technology, what Dr. Lu just mentioned earlier, and continue to drive the contact expansion. Um, So we just need to capture the opportunity when it's present and uh, make sure we continue to support the customer and build a strong customer relationship so that will be a long-term business instead of short-term.
8: Okay. Thanks, and then maybe in, in terms of the the gross margin, um, Brett, if you kind of think about how the the utilization rates come up in the next uh, couple of quarters, how do you think the gross margin benefits, and when can you get the LSC margin profile maybe more in line with uh, the corporate average or the maybe the the diode legacy uh, kind of average?
3: Yeah, David, I think that um, you know what you'll see, and I think what you'll see in the guide is that uh, we're consistently improving the diodes organic margin consistent to what we had said, and we're basically bringing in the LSC business consistent to what we had imagined the impact would be. The immediate thing we're working on, as Dr. Liu talked about a little bit, was the qualification of the um, diodes products in the LSC factories, which will help um, the LSC margins. We expect to be able to start making those um, starts middle of the year, which gives us a decent amount of momentum as we come out of the year. Um, and then the other synergies that were listed, you know, these are more multi-year areas of synergy. And so the real key, as Dr. Lou mentioned, invest more in the product line, immediately start getting traction with design in and design win, And so some of those longer lead time uh, synergies We can get some traction on that quickly, but I think this is going to be a a gradual multi-year activity to bring the LSC margins in line with our expectations for continued growth. Thanks so much. Thank
8: you.
0: Our next question comes from the line of Tristan Guerra with Baird.
7: Yeah, hi everyone, this is um, Dustin speaking for Tristan today. Thanks for taking our questions. Um, for our first question, I know you guys talked early, earlier about some supply constraints in MOSFETs. Um, first, just want to clarify that that's mostly an automotive and maybe if you guys can just give an expectation on when those supply constraints may disappear. Um, and then secondarily, are you able to tweak Mix, given the tightness, and do you plan on raising ASPs? Then I have a follow-up after.
4: Right. So um, let me address that question. I think for the uh, overall shortage in the industry, this is really, you know, no surprises, driven a lot by the 8-inch shortage that we've seen, right? So I don't think we are in position to predict when this is going to be over. What DIO has been focusing is really expanding some of our internal capacities to support our future growth, right? So we talked about the GFAB uh, being uh, you know, acquired more than a year ago and by the second half of the year we're going to ramp up some significant capacity in both 8 inch and also in 6 inch Dr. Lu, talked a little bit about the SFAT 2 8-inch capacity increase as well, and with the Lion Semiconductor acquisition, increased more 6-inch capacity for us. right? So overall, I think what we focus on is really position ourselves to really support the customer's true demand and be able to continue to expand from that area. So um, the second question you have is related to the product mix. So changing the product mix, improving margin has been an ongoing focus for DIOS throughout the last few years, and you can definitely see some of the results that we demonstrated to you guys already, and that will continue to be the focus. So we want to continue to focus on driving good new products with better margin profiles to really support the customer's need. So that strategy will not change. It fitted really well with our total solution Celsius. Um, so I think that's really your second part of the question, right? So again, price increase is, you know, um, definitely not the key focus for DIOS. Again, we really want to focus on the product mix improvement as well as the total solution sales um, demand creation and also the
7: contact expansion. Got it. Great. Thanks, Emily. And um, obviously POS has been very strong. I think you guys just said it was a record. Um just wondering, overall how pricing pricing has been acting recently, and if there's been significant changes, maybe you guys could quantify them. And then finally, um, have you seen any evidence of double ordering at either tier one or tier two customers? Thank you.
4: Right. So um, definitely, um, you know, in my I um, mean, um, in my speech that we have a record revenue of POS uh we've definitely seen a uh, strong momentum actually across all the regions which is the reason we actually guided a really strong 1Q 14% growth at the midpoint right um so you know when the demand supply i mean the, the demand's getting tight definitely we're seeing uh pricing is holding more firm than before which is normal uh, that we're seeing overall um i think again bios focus is really more focusing on working with the customers, understand their true demand so we can actually provide a better support with them and build a long-term relationship with them uh, to continue to expand our uh, portfolio, right? So that always been our focus and will continue to be our focus.
6: Thank you.
0: Thank you. I'm showing no further questions. So with that, I'll turn the call back over to Chairman, President, and CEO, Dr. Liu for any closing remarks.
2: Thank you for your participation on today's call. Operator, you may now disconnect.